This is the ExtraTime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes podcast. It's a European special today as you listen. We'll also hear from uh, ExtraTime.com League of Ireland podcast presenter Luke Jordan, who is in Australia. It was a particularly tough day for Luke because he watched Ireland being beaten by Australia, one goal to nil the final score. And no doubt he was up in the early hours in Sydney watching St. Pat's lose to Dudelange. 3 2 on the night, 5 3 on aggregate. We'll have more on this game in a while with Keith Tracy, who watched it with me. We'll also hear from the St. Pat's camp. But first, let's go to Oriel Park because it was a very good night for Dundalk, who beat Bruno's Magpies by three goals to one. Watching that one was former Dundalk captain John Flanagan. And after the game, he sent us this voice note. The game started off perfectly for Dundalk. Darley, he whipping in the corner in three minutes that Pat Hoban headed home on the back post. The Dundalk fans were hoping that they would have pushed on and really put the game to bed then, but they didn't. They sat off and Magpies grew into the game as the half progressed and looked really, really threatened down the right-hand side with Coombs giving Darrell Lee a torrid time. Just before half-time, Magpies got a deserved equaliser. A wonderful volley from the midfielder from 20 yards found the top corner and gave Nathan Shepard no chance. So the game half-time, one all. Stephen... O'Donnell went back to the drawing board and he made a substitution at half-time. He brought on John Martin in place of Uli Koku and he, John Martin had an immediate impact. Great build-up play between himself and Ryan O'Kane. Found Ryan O'Kane down the left-hand channel and he pulled the ball across and there was John Martin to follow up on his own shot and give the Dock a 2-1 lead early in the second half. The game then descended into a bit of a, a long ball affair, very little quality, neither team creating many opportunities or chances and a real distinct lack of quality. The Dock eventually found the third goal when Pat Hume was slipped down the right-hand side of the defence. His cutback aimed for Dan Kelly and the Santos, the, the fullback coming across, slid in to try and block it and put it into his own goal. So 3-1 to the Dock. Poor enough game quality-wise, but the Dock fans and players alike won't really care about that because it's them to progress on to the second qualifying round and a huge financial windfall is their reward. Former Dundalk defender John Flanagan happy with what he saw at Oriel Park as Dundalk overcame Bruno's Magpies of Gibraltar by three goals to one on the night and indeed three goals to one on aggregate. This is the ExtraTime.com League of Ireland voice notes Euro special. More from here in Richmond Park where I'm talking to you from in a moment. We'll also get the thoughts of Luke Jordan of ExtraTime.com who is in Sydney this morning uh, to watch Ireland lose to Australia. Uh, but first, let's go to the Ryan McBride Brandywell, where a Diallo goal gave Derry City a 1-0 victory against HB Torshavan of the Faroe Islands. So they're through to the second qualifying round. After the match, the Candy Stripes boss, Rory Higgins, spoke to Drive 105, amongst others. I delighted. Obviously, it's the first time in, in nine years we've got through around in Europe. That was the, the objective. Um, and... Uh, the game should have been out of sight. It should have been out of sight. Uh, it should never have got under the last 20 minutes. And whenever that happens, um, whenever you let it get to that point, then it becomes nervy. The ground becomes nervy. Players start hanging on to what we've got. And uh, as I said, it should have been four, five at, at that stage. And, and, and before they progress again in Europe, then you have to be more clinical and more ruthless. But it's a brilliant night for the football club. I'm absolutely delighted for people like Philip Woodardy with, with the investment that he that he 
puts under the football club and it's, it's nice to be able to uh, give something back in terms of finances and stuff like that as well so it's brilliant for people like Philip and, and, and all the players the staff supporters um, and you can see the joy in people's faces at full time and, and that's what it's about gone are the days where, where you can disrespect uh, clubs from from smaller nations and stuff like that you look at last night Claxvik uh, the top team in, in the Faroes absolutely wiped the floor with Ferenc Varos who are a, a monstrous club in Hungary they're a huge club and and they, they, they've gone and put them out convincingly and uh, if that doesn't show people that uh, these teams are, are no mugs in us and will and, and we didn't take them lightly and to be fair I thought the players for the first 70 minutes were excellent and, and we, listen we got it over the line in the end uh, but as I said, if we want to progress again, we have to be more clinical. Um, I, I wanted to get that uh, offer back the nine years it was doing my head and we're too big of a club. And then obviously the chairman, it was really important that, that we give something back as well. And um, I, I'm sure that the office staff, Dodie and Burton, all them will be busy now over the next day or two trying to uh, work on arrangements. But um, we also... It's my job now to, to refocus and, and prepare pre prepare the team for, for Sunday against Athlone. Yeah, you, you've got Athlone, but it also sets you up now with this next European tie against Coops, which comes around very quickly mm -hmm. as well. Are you able to give us any sort of early impressions on what you think's in store with that tie? I have no idea, and that's Boiler. Boiler, uh, Jared Boyle travelled out to see them. Um, he's done a lot of homework in the background, and I haven't looked at any of that. And I will, but I will obviously with the game on Sunday as well. So uh, it's, it's a five o'clock kickoff, so you've got Sunday night, all day Monday uh, before the players come back, and on Tuesday to get to get them ready. And I think the home, the first legs at home, isn't first it? First so legs at a, home. Mate. Do you see that as an advantage this time around? I, I, well, I was I was speaking to um, someone on the pitch before the game, and and you look at the away goals rule gone. That that was a big advantage for us because. Uh, I actually think it's a well. It's a, it's turned out to be a good role for us, but it, it took a wee bit of pressure off us tonight, and um, it was good to obviously get ourselves in the lead. But just slightly disappointed we didn't go and put two or three away. Where are you cup match defend your FA Cup this weekend against Athlone in Europe next week? Has everybody come through unscathed tonight? I think so. I I think so. Everyone seems in in, in decent health. Um, so aye, we, we, we will freshen the team up to a certain extent on Sunday, won't be dramatic but we'll freshen it up to a, a certain extent because uh, we want to uh, try and, and, and get ourselves into the next round of that as well so um, tonight's a big night for the club but we, we, we move on quickly. You had the luxury of taking off patching and bringing on Magalini, you'll need that kind of experience? Absolutely aye, we've, we've, uh, it's good that um, the majority of our, our, our squad are fit and healthy at the minute bar the, the couple of long-term injuries and uh, we're coming into a vital part of the season uh, Europe Cup League so there's so much to look forward to so much to, to get excited about and, and we'll need everybody well, you mentioned the fans earlier on how key were they tonight? Uh, I, th I thought they were brilliant to be honest I thought they were brilliant and um, even uh, the frustration of not getting that second goal and, and going on winning the, the game more comfortably they stuck with us 
And in the last 10 minutes when they were putting long throws in her box and punting the ball in her box, they got right behind us and they seen us over the line. So um, our supporters love being involved in European football and, and I'm delighted for, for them as well that um, that we can give them uh, an all-around to look forward to. This is the ExtraTime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes podcast. It is a Euro special. I'm joined here at Richmond Park by Keith Tracy because St. Pat's unfortunately lost 3-2 on the night to Dudelange. That's 5-3 on aggregate. Keith Tracy, formerly of St. Pat's, who played the last time Pat's played a Luxembourgese outfit here at Richmond Park. And Keith, was 3-2 on the night and 5-3 on aggregate a fair reflection? I think so, yeah, O'Shane. I think, uh, especially here at home and in Chicago, Pats did huff and puff. They looked okay in, in the final tour. The press was good. Uh, they, they did put up a fight. There's, there is a way to win a game and there's a way to lose a game. And I think, although Pats have lost this game and it's a sickening feeling, they did play okay and they threw a couple of punches, but just a little bit too loose in defence. Uh, shot themselves in the foot with the second goal, which was a big momentum turner for a... Uh, for do the launch, but look, take nothing away from do the launch. Really, really dangerous up front, decent in the midfield, and very, very uh, compact at the back. So a very decent team, but there is an avenue where Pats could have played a little bit better and maybe torn the screw. But you can see it five goals over two legs, and it's just not good enough defensively. They went one 0 down. Van Lingen at it again. Uh, that was the first of his hat trick tonight, as we speak. But they made their way back into the game thanks to a bizarre own goal a ball cannoned off Lennon in midfield desperate as the goalkeeper came out to the edge of the 18 yard box he ended up heading it backwards and uh, that made it one all on the night Decker tried to stop it he couldn't do so Adam Murphy came off the bench at half time uh, he put St. Pat's 2-1 up in the second half and it looked good at that stage but then Dudelange got their couple of goals Van Lingen again at it yeah, it was swinging, you know, the game was swinging from one team to the other. When Duda Lange went ahead, I was like, you, Oshin, I was thinking, this is a huge, huge hill now for St. Pat's to go and get anything out of. But then when, when St. Pat's go and get, they forced the OG, and it's really come from a nothing. It's a 50-50 ball into the middle of the, in the middle of the pitch. All of a sudden, it's it's gone up into the sky, and the goalkeeper, Desperez, has come flying out to the edge of his own 18-yard box and headed it backwards into his own goal. A real stroke of luck for St. Pat's, but... Then all of a sudden, Pats were winning the midfield battle. They were winning the second balls. They were the one who were looking to go and drive on in the toy. But to be fair, they did. They did really well in that period. But Dudelange never really looked uh, never looked uncomfortable with it. They looked okay. They, they did use the dark arts quite well. They went down and killed the clock at times. And look, that front line, of the, the, the three that they have, full of all sorts of talent. Van Lingen in particular, left foot, right foot, makes no real difference. Really, really accomplished finisher. So look, I think Pat's huffed and puffed in the end, but look, just shot themselves in the foot too many times over the course of the two ties, and I keep going back to it. You can't can see three goals at home and five goals overall in the tie and expect to win this. And as we look out onto the pitch here, the Duda Lunch players are standing around. Some of them are on the phones, presumably to loved ones and friends. At the end of the game, they were celebrating like this really meant something to them. So that's kind of a compliment to St. Pat's. Um, Joe Redmond still missing. He was a huge loss tonight. I know it's easy to say, well, Pat's are missing x so that's why they didn't achieve y but you do need all of your best players out on that pitch in a european game regardless of the opposition yeah i think so i think uh obviously redmond and grogowski are both missing two center halves that would be probably forced choice so look i don't want to keep harping on about it because the lads who played did do well i know norman yeah. comes on and he, he hasn't played an awful lot of football he's just am i being harsh there it was just one mistake from norman and you could argue that maybe lennon could have got to it and i'm saying oh well if redmond was there maybe that stuff doesn't happen 
Yeah, possibly. But look, it, it, it's what Norman is doing. It, it's what you would generally want the St. Pat's team to do. You want yeah. them to play out from the back. But when when you're up in the toy and you don't want them to avoid any pressure and things are getting a little bit tight, and do the launch, do press quite well. So for me, when Norman, when you feel the door closing like that and it's getting a little bit tight, just clip it over the top and make sure they can score when they're 70 yards away from your goal. So... It, it was it was an error compounded by another error and then even when they do nick the ball Norman goes and sells himself into the tackle but look again take nothing away from Dudelange in the final tour he had that little bit of class with Van Lingen and very, quite decent at the back as well they put up with the physical battle they even in the second half the first half sorry they, uh, Forrester was running between full back and centre half and Pats were finding gaps but in the second half Dudelange were then standing in the channels they were, they were anticipating that ball and then Pats were trying to find little holes in front of the back four but yeah, look, I, I, I think they do the land are decent, but again, had to be really sick with this. How important is it that they don't let this affect the rest of the season? The first hurdle to overcome after this is the Sports Direct FAI Cup clash away to Longford. Yeah, it will be difficult because we all know that when the when the Irish clubs get the European fixtures, it's a big, big lift. They're all looking forward to maybe there's a little bit of a run on the horizon. It hasn't happened for St. Pat's, but like I say, I think they played okay in this game. Big cup game on the weekend, need to get back on the horse. And again, they're in a decent position in the league. I don't think anybody's really expecting them to go and beat Rovers to, uh, for the league. But if they can turn it into a race, I think the Pats fans will be quite happy. But the number one thing is to go and make Europe again next season. Has to, you have to have to go and make Europe next season. Can they turn it into a race? I hope so. Look, I think if anybody's going to do it, St. Pats are, are just as well placed as anybody else. They're playing decent football in the league. Chris Forrester scoring goals, Mulraney scoring goals. And I think uh, Joe Redmond trained the last day a couple of days as, on a, in a row as well. So hopefully he's not too far away from returning. It, it's all looking good with the two centre-halves maybe coming back. Or I think Rogowski might be a little bit further down the road than Redmond. But yeah. Redmond coming back is a, is a good, good sign. But like you say, it's important that Pats get back on the horse and you know don't let this linger now. It's been a mixed week in Europe for the League of Ireland teams. Derry and Dundalk, as we speak, got through tonight. Obviously, you didn't see those games, so I won't ask you about them. Shamrock Rovers are still in Europe, but not in the competition they want to be in. Beaten in Iceland during the week, beaten well. They'll play Ferenc Farosh in the second qualifying round of the Europa Conference League. That's going to be tough. Firstly, what did you make of their performance in Iceland? What do you think went wrong? What do they need to correct for the next stage in Europe? I just think a lot of our a lot of the bigger players didn't play well on Dunno. I know uh, I know Jack Bourne, uh, he was missing Graham Bourke, didn't didn't do too well in the second leg. I know he scored a penalty, but I see him when he came off, you could see the the shots he was effing and jeffing as he was walking off the pitch. He wasn't happy with his own performance. So I think there's an awful lot more to come from that Rovers team. And look, I've heard the the argument that people saying that Rovers aren't being pushed in the league domestically. So it took me a long time as a professional footballer rushing to realise that it's not like a tap. You can't just turn this on and off. So if Rovers have been sketchy in the league, yeah. it's only reasonable that they're going to be sketchy in Europe. I think I do think they were sketchy over the two legs. But again, I think Breda Blick were probably a lot better than people gave them credit for. But I expect our champions, I expect Shamrock Rovers to do a little bit le- little bit better now in the, in the Europa Conference League. And I have two questions left. One of them is, can we learn anything as a league from the defeats in Europe? Like is is there is there any signs of something further or something wider or things we need to correct or amend, be the bigger small things? No, look, I think a lot of people will look at this and think, oh, we've been beat by a Luxembourg team, and you know it shouldn't happen on the face of it. But look, it was a decent game. These are a decent. I'd team. include Rovers in that though as well. I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, Breda Blick as well. I think 
a lot of people just drew comparison and thought, oh, an Icelandic team, a, a team from Luxembourg, we should beat them. But look, these these are some decent teams and they're in a, they're in a decent competition. So we shouldn't take them so lightly. I do think the League of Ireland is getting better. It's grown all the time, but so are the other leagues around Europe as well. So, you know, when when these drawers are made, I don't think people should just naturally say, oh, we should get through this. And we've seen that with Shamrock Rovers and obviously St. Pat's tonight. We are going to hear more on the Republic of Ireland and Australia which took place in Sydney earlier this morning as we speak in a while with Luke Jordan, who was actually at the game. But before we get to that, you watched the match. What did you make of it? Yeah, I, I, I thought the girls did really well. They did us proud. And, you know, there's certain games from an Ireland point of view, especially the girls, it's the first World Cup. We're trying to put building blocks in place for us to go and, go and achieve things over there. But look, to, to restrict an Australian team to nothing more than a penalty and, I thought it was a little bit soft of a penalty had it been at the Irish end of the pitch I'd have been screaming my lungs out the referee gave it it was a brilliantly tucked away uh, uh, penalty kick we did huff and puff towards the end without ever really making any you know cutthroat chances but look I, I thought we threw punches we, we had a physical battle we ran around we did everything we could and you know to say we restricted one of the best teams in the world Australia to not more than a penalty I thought it was brilliant and we could have easily nicked the draw there over in the end and just puts us into gives us that little bit more hope now for the for the Canada game. Okay, Keith Tracy, formerly of St. Pat's, and of course the Republic of Ireland. Thank you for joining us on the ExtraTime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes podcast. It's a European special. It's uh, been a good night as we speak for Dundalk and Derry City. A bad night for St. Pat's. They're out following defeat here to Dudelange. Defeat away as well. Still to come, as I say, Luke Jordan will be joining us from Sydney. There is a wider and longer podcast focusing on that game and a few other things to come, so keep an eye out on the extratime.com social media channels. Uh, But right now, we're going to get some reaction from here in Richmond Park, where St. Pat's have unfortunately uh, gone out of the Europa Conference League at the hands of Dudelange of Luxembourg, and you're going to hear that reaction right now. John Daly, St. Pat's manager, a disappointing night here at Richmond Park. What are your thoughts on the game and the performance? Yeah, I thought um, I thought first half we gave up a lot of opportunities and we were fortunate to go in one all. Um, I thought obviously then the changes at half time got us on the front foot. Adam puts us ahead 2-1. I thought we were in control of the game um, and then we make a basic, basic error that we compound with another error by, by not dropping and, and delaying and, um, and then we got punished for that and and then obviously late on we're, we're, we're throwing bodies up to try and score the, the the one that could take it to extra time and, and they hit us with a sucker punch on the break and so yeah look but I think if we're if we're being brutally honest over the two legs they've probably had the better chances within the within the game so um but at two one I thought we were the team that were were pushing uh, and looking like we were gonna be the team that were gonna win the game and um, as I said we make a we make a mistake and, and it gets Does that mistake come from playing against a team who who are maybe up a few intensity levels to what you normally face? No, it comes from lack of uh it comes from a lack of concentration on our part. We spoke all week about playing passes into midfield, about working around the midfield, but for whatever for whatever reason um we choose to pass into midfield where where they we know they're gonna jump to press and um you know we've we've spoke about it and worked on it all week about playing around that and and not trying to force balls through the midfield and um we do it you know when it, when that happens you can still fix that mistake by maybe dropping and defending the space but we we come charging out and um they pop around us and then as i said we get punished for it is it a big blow to morale and how difficult will it be 
to recover from that? Of course, it's a blow to morale. It's huge. It's it's we've worked extremely hard to get here, and um, you know you're out with the first kind of opportunity. I think it's important. You know, football doesn't kind of give you time to feel sorry for yourself. We've got a huge game on Sunday now against Longford that we need to prepare for, so we can fix this. Um, you know, the mistake happened. I felt again we, we had a five or ten minute spell where. We kind of again felt sorry for ourselves instead of just getting back on the horse and going again. And um, but that's you know that's we need to learn from from disappointment and make sure that when when we have got disappointing moments we we respond better. That game on Sunday is a huge game anyway. It would have been a huge game anyway, regardless of result tonight. Is it even bigger now? No, it's still an opportunity to progress in the cup, and that doesn't change. It's um, it's a, it's a big game. We know. Obviously, the ones that were here um, the year they won the cup, they know what it's like to, to go on a cup run and to actually go on and win it. It's a huge achievement and it's a great opportunity. Um, it's going to be a difficult game. We've watched them as a staff. We've seen them three times this this uh, last few months. So we know we know what they're about. We know they're going to be well up for the game. They'll see this as an opportunity. The fact that we've played you know, two or three days before we play them, they'll see it as an opportunity to potentially uh, you know, come out of traps and try and catch us a bit leggy but it's important that we're not leggy and, and we, we recover properly and we get ready for that. And finally, is it is it nearly ideal to have a game coming down the tracks this quickly because when you fall off a horse you kind of want to get back on it straight away, don't you? No, of course I think so. I think, you know, as I said, you, you have disappointing moments in football and it's really important that you you brush it to a side and you you go again. And as I said, it's a it's a it's a big big game. It's a cup game. We're going to have a lot of Pats fans down there supporting the the group, which which is you know again very well appreciated. It's a great crowd again here tonight. We're obviously disappointed we couldn't send them home happy and and looking forward to the next round. But as we spoke about in the change room there about you know feeling the disappointment and. Um, making sure that we give ourselves the best opportunity to come back here again next year and, and have a have a regatta. Cheers, John. Thank you. This is the ExtraTime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes Podcast European Special, and that was John Daly, the St. Pat's manager, following defeat to Dudelange home and away in the Europa Conference League. So a bad night for St. Pat's, a good night for Derry, and a good night for uh, Dundalk, both of whom got through their ties. Granted, against um, teams from Gibraltar and Faroe Islands, you would expect that, but it's still a big deal because all European ties are tough. Right, before we go, let's hear from ExtraTime.com League of Ireland podcast presenter Luke Jordan, who was in Sydney for the Republic of Ireland's defeat to Australia at the uh, FIFA World Cup. Uh, After the match, and after he gathered his thoughts, he sent us this voice note. Hi O'Shane, and greetings from Sydney on a night where the Republic of Ireland women's team make history competing in their first ever FIFA World Cup match against the host nation Australia. Unfortunately, succumbing to a 1-0 loss thanks to a Steph Cartley penalty early in the second half. We'll come back to that instant in a sec. There was 75,000 in attendance in Stadium Australia. It was a brilliant atmosphere. Plenty of Australians, but plenty of Irish who made the journey over from the Emerald Isle, but also some who live here too. Uh, first half in particular, the Australians started well. Ireland set up in their usual 5-4-1 shape and at times did look a bit outclassed on the ball by the Australians. But the game itself in the first half was scrappy. Very little chances, really. Caelan Ford had a decent opportunity in the first half. But after that then, other than a couple of set pieces, the game was quite tight in the first half. Second half is where the difference was made in the game with, unfortunately, Ireland conceding the penalty, as I said, early on in the second half. Marissa Shield was deemed to have fouled Hayley Razzo in the box. It's one of them where I think, you know, it's it's uh, 
it's harsh, but you've seen them given. You know, it, it's those it, it some Irish fans in the stand, and also some Irish fan, players in the pitch were looking for a VAR check. I think, but I think once the referee made a decision, it was never going to be overturned. Unfortunately, Steph Kelly buried her penalty to make a one 0 To be fair, the Irish team. They did come back into it, and I actually felt the draw would have been a fair result. They really pushed, uh, without creating too many clear-cut chances, in particular, though Abby Larkin, made a huge difference coming off the bench in the second half. It gave us more impetus in a time, at times. We did look a little slow sometimes, but when Larkin did come on up front, it gave us a real bit of impetus up front. Late chances really fell to Louise Quinn, a decent chance in the header. Megan Connolly had a a free kick that I was behind the goal in the second half but I thought the ball was going to come in where all the Irish fans were unfortunately hit the roof of the net and just at the death Abby Larkin got on the end of a loose ball cut it back to the one player probably you want the ball to fall to Kate McCabe she twisted and turned try to get her shot off but unfortunately it was saved by the Australian keeper there was joyous scenes at the end of the game for the Australian players heartbreak for the Irish players knowing that there was definitely an opportunity to get a point on the board but look from an Irish point of view I think first of all we can be very proud of the team I know it's kind of a cliche sometimes to hear about Irish teams but I think in this case we can definitely say you know going playing against the host nation the first game you know, backed against the wall in the first half and seeing that early penalty and to respond the way they did, I think it's a credit to the team. So, and also a credit to Vera Pell possibly making the changes to give us that impetus in the second half. But look, going to Perth now, but it, again, if there's no reason why we can't go into that game and get a point, and hopefully then, if we get a point against the Canadians, it sets up a brilliant tie then against Nigeria in Brisbane, where maybe if we get the win, we can get out of the group. But look, on the night itself, fantastic spectacle. Um, I'll be doing a postcard, which will be on xtime.com during the week, which will hopefully give some people the idea of how um, the atmosphere was in the builder. So please have a read of that later on in the week. Well, that's it for the extratime.com League of Ireland Voice Notes European Special Podcast. As I say, Luke and the gang have an even deeper dive into that game and everything else on the extratime.com podcast. Keep an eye out on the social media channels. Keep an eye out on extratime.com and the extratime.com social media channels across the weekend for everything you need to know uh, regards domestic football and, of course, all the updates from the Republic of Ireland camp at the World Cup. The dream not over yet. They're still very much in it and their performance against Australia suggested that maybe, just maybe, they could do enough to get through the group depending on how it goes against Canada and Nigeria. That's it for myself, Oshin Langan. You can find me on at Oshin Langan via Twitter. Uh, until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Well,